Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. We have a lot of good stuff coming up here in the future, huh? I don't know how we keep pulling it through. Absolutely, yeah. So we're going to do an episode on diesel events going on throughout the country with Ryan Gelinas. We got that on the books. Uh, we're going to talk about Cummins emissions intact performance. We're going to talk a little bit more about sled pulling. So we got some surprise outlaw class sled pullers coming on the show. Yeah, we're talking about the things that our listeners want to hear about. So we're going to deliver it. Absolutely. And one of the things listeners want to hear about is, uh, well, listeners do because I know I don't, but six liter myths. So here it is, huh? Stephen let's, Peters, how's it going? Good, guys. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Steven, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in diesel performance. Well, um, it definitely was not from birth like some of the other guys you guys have had on. Um, <laughs> my dad was definitely a tinker, but uh, we did not touch cars or trucks uh, at all. So I think my first introduction was in the military. You know, we got to mess with some pretty big diesel engines, and uh, I realized that I really didn't want to touch these things um, because they were just a hell of a lot of trouble. So <laughs> when I got out of the military, uh, I met this crazy guy that was a Ford tech and he started preaching about this, this motor he was in love with. And the more and more I hung out with him, the more and more, you know, I got hooked on the Kool-Aid um, and it just went from there. So the guy I'm talking about is Art Martinez. He's the owner of uh, PSP Diesel. Yeah, Art's and a great guy. We've had him on the show. and He is a great guy. And Richard, the other owner of the shop, is these guys are just just whiz kids when it comes to power strokes and beyond. I mean, even Duramax and uh, Cummings, these guys are on it. So I, I started talking with Art, started getting interested in uh, diesel motors. That was about six years ago, and he needed some help at the shop. And so I came on and started helping out. So, Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for your service for being in the military. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I think what's more important is the, the support that the military gets from, you know, everybody here back home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so about six years you've been playing around with diesels, huh? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's funny because I kind of, uh, hanging out with Art, you definitely are get a one-track mind to you. The six-liter becomes your everything, and you learn inside and out what makes this engine tick. Um, but you know, it's it's fun because I started working at the shop about three years ago, and it, it it's been a huge education. I mean, there's there's so many good people out there. Uh, you guys, there's really good companies. What people are doing with the diesel market, it's it's. I, I feel like I learn something new every day. I tell people if you don't learn something new, just get out of the industry every day. Exactly. If, you, if you know it all, you're that guy. Just be done. I'm done. Exactly. I'm out. Deuces. And I think what's really cool about the industry, too, is we have customers that walk in every day that teach us something new. Absolutely. The, the only thing I'm a little worried about is you've been drinking a Kool-Aid I wouldn't touch over there. You're sold on <laughs> six liters. Come on, man. Hey, yeah, you know, freaking it, Charlie it, Keeter just won the diesel power challenge with a six liter. I have friends with six liter power strokes that'll blow the doors off of most things. Exactly. Thank you, Danny, for bringing it up and not making me do it. But the diesel power <laughs> challenge, one, one by a six-liter power stroke, super impressed. Love the show you guys did interviewing him. Uh, and, and we cannot forget the fact that Jesse Warren put down a crazy good performance at the call-out challenge. I mean, the guy put down over 1,700 horsepower with that truck and was showing, was hanging with the top dogs. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that. There, uh, there's a few exceptions to any rule. 
You know, I wish <laughs> I wish uh, Duramax Tuner did a little bit more with Power Strokes, to be honest with you, Paul and Steven, because there's a huge market for it. There's a lot of knowledge out there that's uh, floating around, and there's a lot of myths. So I'm very glad that at least we get a chance to take a sample of it and put it on the show here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's talk about the myths. Um, Steven, from your side of the phone, what's the most common myth about a 6-liter? Well, I mean, you guys, you guys already started the show off right. You know, everybody thinks the six liters a turd, um, but it's it's just. And I don't blame you. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about this motor. You know, the six liter Power Stroke came out in 2003. Was made through 2007, um, and early on, I mean, it was a troubled motor. What you have to consider is when the the big opinions of the six liter were formed in the early years of this motor. Uh, when when Ford came out with this truck, it was a rush production. They were trying to meet emission standards. Mm-hmm. The 7.3 was such a phenomenal engine that Ford didn't really want to let it go. But because of emission standards, they had to make changes. And it, and when you look at the numbers, the 6-liter is a dramatically smaller engine but puts out more horsepower, more torque, better fuel economy. Um, so one of the big problems was because they were rushing it to market, a lot of there was not a lot of support for the tech spec then. So when trucks started coming back with issues, the techs didn't have the kind of tools they needed to address them. So now you had customers that were returning with repeat issues. The techs didn't have the diagnostic process. They didn't have the the tools. They didn't have the knowledge. Um, and so you know quickly it put a bad taste in people's mouth. Um, now. You know, I'm not going to excuse the six-liter power stroke. There is known issues with the motor. But when you look at the volume of power strokes that were made in those years, it far eclipses any of the other diesel motors. I think the numbers show that more six-liter power strokes were made than Duramax and Cummings combined in those years. That's so true. when you take that sample size, you know, and, and you take the kind of, uh, failure rate that you saw in the six liters, you have to you have to put it in context there. I agree with that. You know the funniest thing though, I think. What's that? So September fifteenth of '03, you were talking about it was the introduction of uh, the six O, and if you wanted a six O in '03 versus seven three, which everybody would love a '03 seven three today, but you're gonna pay ten thousand more dollars at the dealership buying that six O that's not on their huh. shelf, huh. so to speak. What on a their terrible lap. idea. Yeah. Ten grand. What a terrible yeah. idea. Well, what was cool about the 03 year was guys could test drive a 7.3 and a 6.0 at the same dealership at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, customers were able to feel that. I mean, the 6-liter is a fun truck to drive. You know, if the, if the truck is running well, it's a fun truck to drive. It's got great power curve. Um, it handles really well. I mean, there's a lot that's, that's going well for the 6-liter beyond the common misconceptions. So I think to get back, circle back to our point was the biggest misconception is that the six liter is a turd. I mean, Diesel World Magazine put out an article that was showcasing the, you know, what general consensus across the board on what the low end of some of these power stroke motors can handle. You know, they were comfortable saying the six liter can handle 800 horsepower, the, the, the rods on this thing, which is pretty impressive for a stock motor. Yeah. That's a that's a tall order to get to get it to 800 horsepower reliably. I guess that's my question. Like when I think about six liters, 
as far as the stock truck compared to another stock truck, a Duramax or a Cummins of the same year, I don't have any massive griping to do about the six liter, right, Danny? Like in stock form, you do some pretty standard stuff with them, and and they're usually all right until you run into problems. And, and I think that's the issue that I've always thought of six liters for is not their lack of power or even the fact that I don't think it's the best platform to build power on, I think about that reliability. If they're terribly, terribly unreliable at stock horsepower, how much more unreliable are they going to be at 800 horsepower? Well, and now we have to take that into context, too. You know, that's, that opinion That opinion is, is really based on a legacy reputation of the six-liter. Kurt, you know, the later models of six-liters, especially six-liters that were let's say, or purchased within the last five years that have all of the updates that Ford has done, um, these these trucks are really reliable. We've got six-liter trucks out there that have 750,000 miles on them. On their fifth motor, yeah. No, nah. actually, the original <laughs> motor. I really want to get this conce- misconception out of even Paul's head. I wish I could drive a power stroke for a week that was done upright and have you guys really drive it i mean i think you would gain a better appreciation for them and i know they cost a lot to own and operate and that's what i really want to dive into because if you're going to buy a truck there's obviously maintenance costs involved with any kind of diesel you have but when it comes to a six liter power stroke we're talking about how the oil quality is definitely one of the things that people lack on you start missing this you know regular maintenance you're going to pay for it severely in the long run all right so let's talk a little bit about that steven tell me what are some of the basic maintenance items that are the largest impact on the six liter reliability well we've got to start with uh oil quality oil quality is really important you know the big question that we get from a lot of customers is let's first talk about intervals six liter power strokes the huey injection system high pressure oil it's we've got a lot of shearing forces on the oil um, so we, we even, even by Ford book standards, we recommend going beyond that. We, for six liter power strokes, especially ones that are over 80,000 miles, which pretty much are all the power strokes on the road right now, six liters, we recommend 35, 3,500 mile oil changes. And we've found, ooh. we've, we found that these, that these maintenance intervals, these maintenance intervals give you essentially a much more reliable platform than the uh, the other platforms. Hey, if you got to put us on hold to take a call from your mom, it's all right, bro. Our listeners would love to hear it. (laughs) Man, we're really blessed here. We've got a busy shop, so. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I interrupted you, Stephen. We were talking about intervals. So he said 3,500 miles. The book recommends 5,000. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Honestly, man, I I would even recommend, like, we're, we're pretty firm in our, you know, we, we work on six liters all day, every day. Everyone in the shop drives a six liter power stroke. We are obsessed about these engines. And if you're running stock oil filtration and you're running uh, conventional oil, we, ha- you know, we are firm on that 3,500. We've, like I said, we've been servicing some hotshot trucks that are putting 80,000 miles a year on these trucks. Damn. And we get these trucks reliably without just maintenance up to 550 to 750,000 miles. But so. then you hear the other side of that coin where you say, Stephen, I, this thing takes 15 quarts of oil. Why do I got to change it every 3,500 miles? I mean, it gets costly with the it fluid and the filters. And that's, where, and that's where bypass oil filtration has really changed the market. You know, bypass oil filtration has been, has been out there for 
many, many, many years. You know, guys on cruise ships, on big rigs, they've been using this stuff for forever. You know, we're just getting wise to it. And the the limitations of, and this is any diesel truck, a full, a fuel flow, full flow oil filtration system, you really can only filter down to about 20 to 17 microns because you can't restrict the oil flow. Well, but with bypass oil filtration, it's only filtering about 10% of the oil at any given time. So we can filter down to one micron. And when you're filtering below five microns on these, you're basically filtering out all of the wear particles. So in, in, in theory, you know, these motors can last indefinitely with that kind of filtration. And the cool thing is that with bypass filtration, we, you can run oil testing to know exactly when you need to change your oil, your bypass filter, your full flow filter. So guys are extending their oil changes, um, you know, easily up to 15,000 miles. And we've seen, we've seen some of the reps from some of the bypass systems telling us that they've been pushing them up to 40,000 miles. Wow. Okay. So as long as we're talking about filtration here, explain to me a little bit about coolant filtration. Okay. So the six liter power stroke was a cast motor. So this thing was cast in sand. It is, uh, so as the motor wears, you know, sand particles are released into the coolant passages. Um, also through any number of events, let's say somebody maybe has a, a radiator hose leaking, right? So they get under there and they tighten that clamp and they add a little water. Well, they keep adding a little water, a little water to where their mixture is off, and now we've got uh, coolant that's no longer, you know, the, the mixture is no longer good, so it's, it's starting to rust out your coolant passages. The reason that it's so important on a six-liter power stroke is because of the oil cooler. Uh, by the design of the motor, the oil cooler sits in the valley, so it's a tight space, and the design of that oil cooler, even though it has been improved, it still has some weak points. You know, they've, you've got very thin waffled passages where any particulates in the coolant system can can move through those waffles and create obstructions in the coolant passages. Well, now we've got permanent obstructions that are going to restrict coolant flow and that are going to cause the oil temperatures to increase to the point where now we've got to compromise the oil cooler. And anybody that's worked on a six-liter oil cooler knows it's a, a pain in the ass to get in there to do it. So... Coolant filtration Definitely. is really important because it helps to protect those OEM oil coolers um, or, you know, the aftermarket style that go in the valley. Um, it helps to filter out that sand. It helps to filter out rust particles, and it really helps extend the life of those those oil coolers. So let's say Paul just got a 6-liter power stroke. He bought an 06, got a great deal on it. He said, I'm taking your advice. Let's do it. I just got out of I'd a 7.3. No, I'm just saying uh, – <laughs> So let's say he just bought this, uh, you know, 0506 Power Stroke. Yep. He wants to do a few things. Let's put a, you know, a filtration kit on the coolant. Let's do, a, you know, a little better them. Let's re-stud uh, the well, heads. Uh, let's 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 circle back. Okay. What's uh what's a what's a little better? Why are you saying let's put a little better them on there? Hold on, that was and and that is one of the questions I had as well. What the hell is it? I hear these guys swapping out thickums. Why? So. Here's, here's the thing with, now, we also have to circle back. You know, we, we get back to the issue. When you're with these motors, I mean, with any motor, you guys have to admit Duramaxes, you know, from the beginning to current, the current LMLs. When you start pushing performance through these trucks, 
you start to compromise some of the factory components. Sure, you find so, the weak points, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, the, the idea with Fickums is guys are pushing bigger injectors, they're really pushing tuning. The Fickum, the fuel injection control module, which controls your injectors, uh, to put it simply, they, uh, the stock Fickum runs at 48 volts. So the idea is higher voltage Fickums, you're going to be able to maintain uh, more performance-oriented uh, fuel delivery system. So guys are, are running like 54 or 58-volt Fickums. What we found in our shop, and there's the jury's still out, you know, trust me, we're, we're constantly evaluating new information that's coming in, but we found that for most guys, these higher-voltage Fickums are, are, you know, not the end-all, be-all upgrade to you know, it's, it's, it's something to where we've seen at our shop uh, situations where higher voltage victims are putting premature wear on the injection system. I mean, is the so, idea behind more volts to the Fickum that it'll move the injectors faster? Exactly. I mean, it's going to fire. It's going to allow the, the system to fire faster. You know, so if you're just, let's say you're ingesting injector pulse width through tuning, um, you know, the idea is that this the system is going to, to be able to function at that with aggressive tuning on that. Yeah, what was it, three or four years ago, the Fickums were actually on national back order through Ford. And I, I believe that's when the availability of an aftermarket Fickum even came about because we couldn't buy one from Ford for a long time. See, and that makes sense to me. Like, if you can't get the OEM part to replace it, I guess I, I don't know enough about how those injectors work. I know that they run off of oil pressure, but I don't know enough about those injectors to work to understand why more voltage to the Fickum w- would really make a large impact, like a lasting impact. To me, that seems like a snake oil solution. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean, the, also the higher voltage, too. The higher voltage will advance, you know, timing for better – technically, this is by theory – will advance timing for better fuel economy, and it will also – Generally, the idea is that higher voltage victims will improve, like, you know, cold start functionality. So there's there's other stuff that's involved there, but gotcha. uh, I'm kind of, we're kind of of the opinion, too. We like to, when, when we're upgrading fuel systems, we, we, we generally try to meet our customers' needs without upgrading the voltage on the Fickum. Gotcha. Okay, so the oil cooler's been done already on this truck, Paul bought. The Fickum we're going to leave alone. Thanks for that, because that was Good definitely advice. a question that yeah. we were, like, you can save that money, Paul, and stick it into some, you know, oil costs. Right, Because right. we're going to change it <laughs> the now. The down payment on the truck, I'm going to need to replace this imaginary <laughs> 6.0, Chuck. Well, so besides doing a few of the other things, it already came restudded, head gaskets were already done. Um, actually done twice because, what was it, Black Onyx gaskets were in there first. Oh, yeah. And those failed, and then we had to go back in and throw some factory gaskets. What do you guys use over there for head gaskets? Man, it's, it's the head gaskets on a 6-liter, you could, you could waste your entire life on forums reading about these different head gaskets. Um, it's you know, Black Onyx has pretty much proven that that it's not the way to go. Um, the OEM, everyone keeps, it's funny because everyone keeps circling back to the OEM. The idea was like, okay, the reason that the six liter head gaskets were failing was one, we've got torque gear head bolts. Okay, that could definitely, that definitely contributes to the issue. Okay, another, another issue was, well, the six liters got four head bolts two per cylinder. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, you know, different varying models of the Power Stroke and other diesel engines, they've got more, 
more bolts per square inch, I guess you could say. And then we've got, okay, well, the six liter, five layer gasket is an issue. So let's, let's try a, you know, a single layer and, and then, but everything keeps circling back to the OEM and the OEM, what we also have to consider too is Ford is, is constantly innovating these products that are coming out. They're putting out updates. They're, they're, you know, they do take feedback. Ford's been great about taking feedback from their customers. You know, when, when the six liters were failing early on, Ford did not falter at all in taking care of those customers. Um, so circling back to the OEMs, you know, there's a really cool post on the Power Stroke Army uh, detailing. It was a test done uh, on varying head gaskets, measuring the different layer thickness uh, to kind of see where where these different head gaskets are, you know, if there's appreciable differences between them. And there's a Felpro gasket out now that we actually are testing on one of our higher horsepower six liters. Uh, the idea was that in the fire ring layer, um, the gasket's a little bit thicker, um, and it applies more pressure, more clamping pressure, um, and should hold more power theoretically. But something that we do here in the shop, you know, we typically go with the OEMs uh, or you know Victor Rines or Molly. These guys, they're they're all the same gasket. They've got the same part number on them, um, but. You know, we're, we're not comfortable just sitting on our laurels when we know that we've been using these for a while and they've been working. So we're testing out the Felpro gasket here. Uh, but if guys are interested, there's a really good forum thread that uh, I think Pinky did on the Power Stroke Army, I believe, and it details a lot of the measurements on those head gaskets. And it, and it, it, definitely, it definitely is leaning towards the Felpro to see if, you know, that's a, a better gasket that's out on the market now. That's awesome information. And while we're letting all of our listeners look that up online, we're going to take a quick moment for our sponsors. Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions. We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth Series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. A 64mm compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool-up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, Check out the Stell 64. Perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. We're back with Steven Peters here from, you know, PSP Diesel. And where are you guys located? We're in South Houston, Texas, and do not mistake us for Houston, Texas, baby. This is South Houston. <laughs> What kind of horsepower can a guy get out of a stock injector on a six-liter power stroke? Well, let's see. Some of the mods that we would want to be doing, obviously we want to be able to hold horsepower. So uh, we, want to, we want to make sure that the head's studded. Uh, we've got a good gasket on there, the head's studded. And one mistake that a lot of guys are making when they stud these engines, too, is they're not getting a good head back on there. You know, guys think that they can cut corners by taking a, a head, you know, that possibly that, that maybe has uh, issues and just kind of rolling the dice on it or taking a head that's been on the truck for 100,000 miles and saying, okay, well, I'm just going to get it, it, just get it decked. Well, you know, here at the shop, whenever we do head, head issues, we always recommend going with a, a remand or a recast head because we know for certain that the valve heights are proper, the valve seats have been replaced, it's been magna flowed it's been fluxed it's been everything's good to go 
So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so you, the heads that were on your truck that were redecked, you take it back, get that junk off. Is no, what I'm saying. I just hold on. So I don't understand. So you deck them, you pressure test them. They're good. Why would you think that they're bad? I mean, if you pressure test them and they hold a pressure test, what's the problem with the head? Why get a reman? We've got to make sure that we got a mag mag flux because we can have if we especially if we have head gasket failure. We can have mic- microscopic cracks in the head that can compromise that head. Um, it doesn't happen often, but we also want to make sure that when we deck that head, that the valve height is properly adjusted to that. Which some of the a lot of guys that aren't doing that. Gotcha. Um, and then we want to make sure that the valve seats have been replaced. Now, valve springs too. Valve springs are something that we have been upgrading to HD valve springs because of. Uh, some of the higher performance builds that we've been doing, like cams, um, but it seems like every every truck that comes in here with uh, a blown head gasket that's preaching that they just had the head gaskets done, the heads were not done properly. So I, I really can't stress that enough to do make sure the heads have been done properly. That's why everybody has a bad taste in their mouth because now they have to go. We hear this quite often. They have to oh, go yeah. back into the truck. They have to spend more money than they did the first time. Now their well, wife is complaining. Call us so that you can do it right <laughs> the first time. That's awesome. He's in South Houston. Okay. Don't get it wrong. Okay, but, exactly. but I'm still trying to hear how much horsepower can I make on stock injectors and what do I need to do to max them out? All right, let's do this. So we've got good heads, we've got studs on there. Uh, one thing that we need to do is the any sort of performance, um, any sort of performance tuning on that motor, we're gonna start running out of uh, high pressure oil. So we need to make sure that we're keeping up with it. So depending on what you wanna do with those injectors, if we run like dual, if we run dual high pressure pumps to maintain injectors, we're running a good turbo, really good tuning there's no reason that truck can't make uh, six to six fifty okay. on stock injectors. Okay, that, yep. that, that's, that's about, in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah that's LB seven, LBZ, uh, any common rails. Yeah, any, any common these days. Rails, yeah. yeah, they're all making that. All right. Well, you got to understand that the six liter is not a common rail motor. Right. That's why it's awesome that it can still hit those numbers. You know, being the setup it is the Huey injection. So I, I'm exactly. impressed. I don't think old tractors are cool. Because they're outdated, and there's new shit out there that's cooler, right? So that, that's just my opinion. I don't think the Huey injection system is cool. I think, I, I think just like you said, Stephen, it was rushed to production. Yep. They tried to use the same system that was on a much larger displacement in a much smaller package in a in a much shorter amount of time for R and D, and things yep. went bad. I, I mean, that's just that's what happened, right? We've so also, you've got to, you know, we're talking about reliability here too. You know, this is performance podcast. Everybody likes to make power, but if that thing makes power and it's broken every week, then... There was no point. Totally exactly. agree. There is no point. So the cool thing about the 6-liter 7.3 Huey system is it's not nearly as sensitive to fuel, uh, fuel quality and fuel contamination as common rail high-pressure stuff. Really? High-pressure fuel stuff. Because, you know, I met a guy who did sled pulling in his Duramax, and when I asked him what he did for a living, he said he was a... Uh, a small 6.0 repair shop. And I, I kind of chuckled. I was like, well, of course you are. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I know I'll never go broke because people are always going to need 6-liter injectors. Why do 6-liter shit injectors? Why do 6-liter shit injectors? That's a, good, that's a very good question. So well, the, biggest, the biggest reason that 6-liter six-liter shit injectors is typically because of the electronic side of those injectors. So 
the electronic, in our opinion, the electronic side of those injectors don't really, isn't really up to par. We're waiting for, you know, the, the, the FICM, the FICM voltage is one of the aspects that guys are trying to address, but we found that the six liter stuff is, it's, we find it a lot of failures on the, on the electronic side. So connectors fail, um, I'd say, I mean, in our opinion, I think probably the electric side of the injectors is the one that fails the most. Gotcha. As far as, you know, instead of mechanical functionality of those injectors. I love when people talk about bulletproofing because if you shoot at Kevlar enough, you you can punch a hole through Kevlar. <laughs> so Craigslist has overused this term, bulletproof this, bulletproof that. I mean, when you're talking about bulletproofing a six-liter... How do you go about talking to a customer about bulletproofing? Yeah, g- give me the basics, Stephen. What's included in bulletproofing if I go to PSP? And then w- what is generally called bulletproofing? So bulletproofing, it's its something that I'm glad that you guys are asking because it's such a widely used term. Um, and it's a, a lot of times it's, it's misused by many people. So bulletproofing... To be, to be fair, bulletproofing was a term that really got popularized because the term bulletproof diesel or, or the company bulletproof diesel came out with a great name and their, their, their whole mission in life was to let's take these badass trucks and let's make them better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're, they, they really pioneered that name, but it became like common nomenclature across the board. And unfortunately there's really no hard definition when it comes to bulletproofing. You know, we've got, You've got guys that come in the shop and say, oh, I've had my six-liter bulletproofed, but that would typically involve maybe studying the heads because that's what everybody knows with the six-liter studying the heads. In our opinion, we've got, when we're bulletproofing the six-liter, we've got two different stages. We've got an upper engine bulletproof, and then we have a complete engine bulletproof. In the, in the upper engine bulletproof, obviously we want to address the heads. We want to stud that motor. We want to get good head gaskets on there. The six-liter motor also had a lot of updates that Ford came out because Ford knew there were some issues with the early six-liters. So, and there was a split here. You know, you've got actually three versions of six-liters. You've got the true early, you've got the mid-year, and the late. And so bulletproofing is slightly different for each because the um, high-pressure pump was changed um, in, the, in the late style. Um, so when you're talking about the, the early bulletproof package, you're looking at fuel pressure regulator. So fuel pressure, and this is another thing we can touch on for those injectors, why those injectors fail, is because fuel pressure is really, low, is really critical to the 6-liter power stroke. You know, the, from the factory, the injectors came, the system came at, with a spring that was rated at about, uh, 50 psi was baseline fuel pressure for that system. Well, what we found was that at wide open throttle or heavy engine load, the fuel pressure was dropping below about 40 psi. So we were we were seeing essentially injectors that were being starved. Um, so and and now that we're getting into it, you know another another reason that the six liter injectors fail is because of the deadhead cylinder head system. So what happens is that fuel rail, as it comes in, fuel is supplied to those injectors as you're moving back. And the rear injectors, you know, typically in the six liter, you'll see like the number seven and number eight injectors failing first 
because as those injectors are pulling fuel from the system, fuel pressure is dropping. And once it gets back to those injectors, actual fuel pressure at those injectors drops. So to the point where we're starving them from fuel and what we have premature failure. So, And that's what I've seen the most of up here in the north is that once the truck gels up and the injectors get starved for fuel, they're done. You're, right. you're replacing them. Right. That's it. So, the, you know, a fix, you know, the fix for that, the first fix is we want to make sure that injector pressure or, or baseline fuel pressure is good. So Ford came up with the uh, Blue Spring update, which is the most common term for it, an updated fuel pressure regulator that ups fuel pressure to 65 PSI. Um, at 65 PSI, we find that even at aggressive uh, watt runs, fuel pressure is not, not even coming close to, to kind of the death zone, 40 PSI on those injectors. So that's a really critical upgrade to keeping those injectors healthy. Beyond the electrical issues, like you said, man, it's the, it's the fuel supply to those. The next, the next step to that would be running like a regulated return. And the really cool thing about a regulated return is it links those cylinder heads in the back, which equalizes fuel pressure in the system. So that really helps protect those injectors. Beyond the fuel system, we're looking at... Um, uh, the 6.4 the banjo bolts, we typically sub in the 6.4 banjo bolts in the fuel supply system uh, because the 6-liter ones have a smaller orifice and they've got a check valve in it. The 6.4 ones are wide open, larger orifice, better fuel flow to, the, to those injectors. Um, then we're looking at the uh, high-pressure system. So the early high-pressure system, there's there's so many there's guys that talk back and forth in those camps you know the early guys all oh, the the pump is way better in the early stuff all oh, the pumps way better in the late stuff well with the what we've found is the pump in the early stuff uh they tend to fail more than the late stuff but because because it's a closed system um it develops leaks a lot less than the newer style so ford came out with updates to really sure up the new style uh high pressure rails and system so the dummy pipes and standpipes have been updated. The STC fitting on the new style high pressure pump's been updated. It used to be a quick disconnect to where it that fitting basically would yeah. blow off. And, and you'd never know unless you got in there. Exactly. Well, you would know because if that thing blew off, it would, sometimes there with enough force, it would crack your rear cover. Yeah. Um, so they updated the STC fitting on that system. Um, so these are these are common updates that Ford came out with. Um, the dump, the turbo drain pipe has been updated to help that turbo drain oil better. Um, so overall, it's it's that's that's the upper engine bulletproof in our opinion. Now, when you're talking about uh, peripheral parts, you know that coolant filtration is really important. We always recommend the bypass oil filtration. Uh, a common upgrade too that the bulletproof guys came out with a really nice remote oil cooler to basically eliminate any issues with the. Uh, the factory oil cooler clogging up the only drawback is you know it's it's definitely more expensive than replacing with a factory oil cooler so some guys they just can't factor it into their budget um so that's really the upper engine bulletproof package in our opinion that's what it addresses now the egr cooler for race application you know we need to we need to get that thing off for for off-road competition use trucks uh that egr cooler needs to come off we've got um it's it's a known it 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 clogs up you know there's been a lot of there's been a known issues with that especially the earlier style egr cooler clogging up really bad and 
No EGRs have ever failed. Come on. Quit playing. Emissions (laughs) equipment's the most reliable thing to come to diesel. I mean, I think I've seen maybe two. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <coughs> but yeah. when that EGR two on a truck, <laughs> when that you know, when those two trucks came in here and that EGR cooler failed, uh, you know, we're now we're we're talking about excessive pressure in the coolant system, and now we've got you know coolant that can possibly make it into the cylinder. One of the cylinders can hydrolock the engine, can blow head gaskets, it can cause all kinds of issues. But there's guys now that are making, you know, Ford updated their their EGR cooler to to much better flow through it and the bulletproof guys uh, produce a really good product. So, you know, there's there's options on the market for the race trucks and then street legal trucks as well. What's a ballpark for our average customer coming in looking to get their truck bulletproofed? If we're doing if we're doing an upper engine upper engine bulletproof package you know we include tuning uh we include now another thing that we also do is we take the idea is we're trying to save customers as much money as we can so and that means doing as much as we can while we're in there you know we hate to have customers coming in the shop time and time again paying for labor on parts that we could have replaced the first time we were in there so common stuff that we do, you know, common failure points, especially on trucks with over 100,000 miles. We do all eight glow plugs, left and right glow plug harnesses. We do thermostats. We do small parts like that. Cam and crank sensor, those things are cheap, but they can leave you on the side of the road with your thumb out. And bad things can happen in South Houston when that happens. Huh. Um, so we're looking at ballpark, uh, you know, out the door, we, we try to get customers out the door for about 5500 for an upper-engine bulletproof job. That's not a bad price in South H-Town there. Exactly. If you're in that area and you need help, make sure you give Art Martinez or Stephen Peters a call over there. And, hey, right. Stephen, if people do want to get in contact with you after the episode, what's the best way for them to reach you? Our shop phone number is probably the best. Uh, phone number is 713-941-1135. And then you can uh, get us on our our website uh, www.pspdiesel.com uh, and you can we've got email there you can reach us through email you can set up an appointment on the website or just give us a call we return phone calls uh, you know pretty much within the hour if we if we can't catch you at the shop Stephen you've been such a plethora of information on the six leaders I definitely appreciate your time today sure it was a pleasure guys thanks for giving me a chance to, to hopefully convince you to run out and buy one <laughs> um, yeah, Danny is. Danny said he's financing one tonight, no problem. They don't Danny. finance 04s really anymore, 03s. So that's... No, there is no financing, man. You could go out. That's the cool thing about six liters. You can go out and find one for pennies. Yeah, and you got to do the one lump sum. If the you, Chinese if financing. You, if you build this thing, you can make this truck the funnest truck you've ever driven for a lot less money than most of these other diesel trucks on the market. Ooh, that's a... That's a tall, a tall statement from Stephen Peters. Come on down, guys. I'll show hey. you what we've got. <laughs> all it takes is time and money and a, a phone call out to those guys. That's and it's it. it's not a lot of money. If you look at the scheme of things, it's not a lot of money. There Challenge accepted. This all has right. been Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. 
That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. We found that these, that these maintenance intervals, these maintenance intervals give you essentially a much more reliable platform than... Hey, if you got to put us on hold to take a call from your mom, it's all right, bro. Our listeners would love to hear it. <laughs> Man, we're really blessed here. We've got a busy shop, so... <laughs>